everybody, and welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This week, I'm being joined by Steve Georgie, president of Allendale. Steve, thanks for joining us this week. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. It's going to be a great episode. We wanted to uh, discuss a little bit about market psychology at this point. It seems like the market just keeps running up and up, and there seems to be no end in sight. Day after day, we're making some new highs, and just want to dive into the psychology side of things. What's driving us, especially with the election right around the corner, with reports, with everything going on, what are you looking at on the psychology standpoint right now? You know what? That's a great question. A couple things. First off, I mean, it's it's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen really the markets just, I'm going to go in one direction and guess what? I'm going to keep going until somebody tells me that I shouldn't, right? There's new money, the idea that money coming into commodities again, maybe call it an inflationary play, whatever else. But 2014, right? Goldman Sachs comes in and says, guess what? I want to go ahead. I'm getting out of commodities, if we remember that. And so what'd they do? They ended up leaving. They, they, they got out of commodities. We saw what's happened in the stock market. Uh, but are we starting to see some of this investment money now come back into our markets? We've seen China come in in a big, big way and, and change the market psychology. Do we have enough grain in order to supply China? Right. Do we have enough in order to really get this market to continue? Now, we've, we've had a heck of a run. What is it going to take for us to continue right now? And this market psychology, though, is certainly I'm going to keep buying it until we see something different. And right now, that trend is higher. The markets look good. We're coming into that election, as you mentioned, Mike. But the big thing is, what is the U.S. dollar going to do? Because I think that's going to be more of our direct impact coming into this election then what is our grain markets going to do? We hear it day in, day out. What's our grains going to do? And how are we going to be affected by an election if one or the other gets voted in? I think it's what's the dollar going to do. And so that's something that we really need to watch in order to see this market psychology really continue from this point. And just based on past performance of the dollar uh, versus a Republican versus Democrat, well, we won't even get into the individual uh, candidates right now, but What's the prediction based on what we've seen in the past on a Republican president versus a Democratic president in regards to the dollar? That's a great question, you know, but the thing is this, and it's a little different. To look at what we've done in the past, I think we have to also look at what have we done here in a pandemic, mm-hmm. right? So it's this is completely new territory. And I think what we've done is that if we continue to see COVID cases start to pick up, it is which one are we going to see in office that is going to maybe have a little bit bigger effect on what the the market may do as far as a shutdown perspective. We know what's happened. We see Europe right now having some problems. Um, Italy shutting down, going back into what they're calling a phase three type mentality where they're shutting down restaurants and bars. Okay, we, we did that, right? We did that back in March, April. We're here in the U.S. We saw that impact and we saw that concern. And what did it do to our market? It was led by cattle. Cattle ended up falling apart um, and and food followed. And so do we see some of that as we go through this election? We've got two different ideas from two different people. And I think that may have a bigger impact on more of the psychology side as we see a transition or if we see a transition. That may have a bigger impact on what we have. We're seeing Europe right now slowing things down. The UK, Ireland, now Italy what's next. And that's going to have an impact on obviously the euro that has an impact on our U.S. dollar. And so 
that's things that we do need to watch moving forward. But I think when we talk about impact, before we even talk about candidates or thoughts or anything like that, really, what is the impact here if we do see more of an economic slowdown due to coronavirus? How does that impact us on a grain level? And I think that's something that we've got to keep at the forefront of our mind moving forward. So during that, you talked a little bit about how cattle ran at first. I was the first one to take the bath. And we've seen recently cattle really back off here. A little bit of recovery on the day session on Monday. But is that something that's leading to you to worry a little bit that we did see cattle sell off as uh, as well as we did during the month of October? You know, it, it might be a tip of the hat. You know, what we saw, you did have, well, you, you had the, the funds that were long cattle. They were long the meat markets. And what was it? What kind of impact did we have? Those funds recently have gotten out. We've seen them shorten up their positions quite a bit. They're nervous. What happens if, if the U.S. now goes back into a phase three? Or if we start to see states start to shut down again or start to retreat a little bit, what kind of impact are we going to have? And so I believe that these funds, this big managed money said, guess what? I just don't want to be in it anymore. Or maybe I don't want to be as heavily long. Do we see that kind of an impact moving forward into our grain markets? Because we know that we're almost record long for soybeans. Mm -hmm. we're, we're quite a few long here in the, in the corn. They're long to wheat. So they've now switched their positions. But do they hold this or do we end up seeing much like the cattle market, as you mentioned, do we start to see them pull back on the range and just say, maybe I just don't want to be as long going through this and let's pull back on some of the risk uh, that could see these markets take a little different uh, adventure here in the meantime. Okay, good stuff. Uh, so watching the meat counters really could be big going into the lockdown, whether or not the restaurants stay open, all that good stuff. Uh, do, you, do you see them less likely to flush out of the grains, considering we do have such a good export uh, market at this point? You know, yeah, um, there are different things that are impacting our grain markets, right? Soybeans, for instance, what's going on right now in South America? We know we've got dry weather. We've got that kind of concern as they get planting, you know, but we have that mentality here where, you know, if you plant in the dust, the bins will bust type mentality. And so that could end up impacting our markets if we start seeing a little bit of rain. So the weather has been a little bit supportive, but not only that, China's appetite, right? How, what are they doing? Are they going to keep going? Are we going to see their purchasing improve? Are we going to see it at the same pace as we've, we've had? If so, do we have enough soybeans? Right now sitting under 300 million carryout, you got to kind of question what's going to happen. USDA can change a couple things. They could change yield yet moving forward. But on the demand side of things, do we have enough? The trade right now is placing their bets that China's demand is going to continue and that we are going to see tighter ending stocks moving forward. That's what the market's looking at. For corn, little different story, but overall, ex the expectation is to see tighter ending stocks yet for corn, and that's what's driving this market higher and, and continuing to push higher here as this trend continues up. Do you think that since it is a China demand rally that it it is so much more stronger at this point because we don't really know exact numbers out of China as opposed to other countries we could gauge a little bit better? Or what, what do you think it's, it's just going to keep going until the spigot turns off? You know, it could. Um, back in January, right, January 15th, we signed this deal with China that we're going to go ahead and get into what we call a phase one deal. Well, we're still not going to 
finish this year having phase one met, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it is, though, is the consistency in the purchasing. It's not just us making sales on a daily basis. When you look at the uh, the inspections, inspections are showing that we're still shipping it. So it's showing that this need that they have right now is, is it's strong. You know, something that we mentioned back at our conference in Jan or in July is that, you know, I, I had called it, I had done a, a um, uh, the corn presentation and I had mentioned that it's the great Chi- Chinese grain robbery. Because when you look at it and they've got all these stockpiles, they can go ahead and sell corn, sell anything to their people at a certain price. When you're selling corn to their own people at seven and a half dollars a bushel, come back here and buying it for three, three and a half, they're making money. Why wouldn't you continue to work through your stockpiles? Why wouldn't you continue to do that? And I, I think that we've had our grain cheap enough and allowing to sell it to them and the impact and, and at the facet that we have, well, it's allowed for that grain to switch hands. And I think that's where this demand is coming from. So we don't really have a good grasp on China's needs. We do know that they're selling their grain at a, at a very high price and buying ours cheaper. So if you're going to keep doing that, why wouldn't you? And I just don't know where that end is going to be. But right now, the impact is still very strong. And do you think China's willingness to buy has any any gauge on which president will be elected going forward? There's a lot of people talking about if Trump is elected versus Biden is elected, China will come in here and do X, Y, Z. Do you think it really has to determine that much on which candidate gets elected? I'm not sure if it will. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to really have an impact on the grain market in general. Now, you do have Trump coming out saying that, hey, he wants to come back in and make China pay for uh, the pandemic and things like that. I think the bigger thing that the market is going to be watching is headline news. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get back into a situation where we start putting tariffs on again? Let's hope not. But that would be the only thing I think that we could maybe derail this um, or to see our relationship disturbed once again with China. Uh, But I think there's a lot of other bigger impacts or bigger issues that may be on the table. The grain market's finally getting going and we've got some strong demand and that's really the key. We need to see that demand continue. Awesome. And do you see any... It's all going to be a lot of questions about China, but do you see any problem with them making statements about prepare for war? Do you see them potentially stockpiling grain right now for that? You know, I'm not sure. You know, when you really look at it, I guess you can. Um, but I, I think that when we look at it, we have to look at it in a couple different levels. Otherwise, we lose perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start looking at it and saying it, we, we let our emotion really get involved. When we take a step back and you take that emotion out of the market, which is very, very important. We need to look at a few things. Is it being sold from from a demand level, right? So is, is corn, are we we're selling it? Yes, we're selling corn. It looks really good. So it looks good until it's not. But the other side of it is that we still have got a lot of corn out in the fields, right? We've seen some rain. We've seen some snow move through. Um, we still need to get this corn as well. We don't have a handle on what the yields look like yet. Are we trend line? Are we at a 178 bushel per acre? Or are we less than that? You know, right now you got the market kind of betting that production's actually smaller than what USDA has told us. So not only we could sit and talk about China, we could talk about demand. We also have another issue here that we need to be aware of as well. What is out in the field? What are we getting? How does it look? What kind of changes can we see moving forward? And those are the two impacts that we have right now on our carryout. And I think that moving forward, we could sit and talk election, 
But when we talk market psychology, I think it's bigger than that. The market psychology is also on the production side of things where you've got some farmers really struggling going out and getting the grain or struggling on a sense that maybe the yields aren't there. Last few years, we've had just great yield after great yield, and now they're good, but they're not great. And so that kind of an impact, that psychology is helping support this market uh, as well at this time. Okay. And for a final thought, we've had USDA come in here two big reports in a row and make these drastic changes, something that no one was looking for. And really just screwing with data sets, you have everything computerized. So the thought process is you have all this data there. How do you have such big changes? What do you see the trade and their psychology towards the USDA information going forward if they continue to make these drastic changes? You know, there's a lot of anger surrounding us. That's a good question. Because there is a lot of anger surrounding what USDA has done. How do you come in and you pencil whip as fast as it's been done? If we just think back even four months ago, we were talking about carryout for corn sitting at 3.3 billion carryout, right? Massive, massive piles. USDA's latest number is a 2.16 billion carryout. And now we're going to go ahead and we're going to, what, even be tighter yet? You know, so why is this? And I think this has caused a lot of anger out there. And, and certainly for me as well. You know, I just, I don't know how we can go ahead and make these changes. It's after a lot of grain has been moved. After a lot of old crop grain has already been sold at levels that farmers truly didn't want to price it at. But we've got the market to find a little bit of strength. And so I believe that when you talk about that, you look at the just the uncertainty of USDA, um, the credibility of what USDA has gone through, it's really changed. And I think with them making these drastic changes, as you said, the credibility from USDA is really what's in question. How do you make these changes without telling us? Maybe somebody needs to come in and say, hey, guess what? Hey, uh, here's why we did this, or it needs to be stated on some of these changes. You can't just come in and just throw a number at us, and then now here we are guessing again, right? That, that's really aggravating a lot of people. But I think what it is, USDA is finally having to show their hand, right? Is the grain out there? Did people really put it in a bin? Was it sold and it wasn't reported? You know, now it's, it's they've got to come clean, and I think that's what's happening. We're not at 3.3 billion carryout anymore. We're at 2.16. Great. But is that number going to get even tighter? Are we really selling it? Is the demand really there? They're telling us it is. But what it's telling us as well is that the expectation around USDA reports is very, very tough. It's tough to guess. You know, we have a product that we put out called Snapshot. That Snapshot is, is, a, is trying to make some sense of USDA's numbers before they come out. And so we have that right on our website. So I encourage everybody to get out there and take a look at it. But it is something, though, that, that we try to make some sense of what USDA has got in front of us and, uh, you know, good opportunity to try to make a little bit of sense out of it. But it's been tough. It's been very, very hard lately. A lot of changes. So expect to see volatility going into these reports. Awesome. Yeah. And to, I mean, see that snapshot, you and Rich do it together for $9.99 a month, reoccurring mm -hmm. fees. It's basically nothing for that peace of mind of knowing exactly what you should be expecting, getting some more uh, foundation laid for your knowledge base going forward. So check that on our website. But Steve, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. And if you guys have any questions, please reach out to us, 800-262-7538. But this week for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung. You guys have a great one out there. Mm -hmm.